Blog Talk Radio.
from scenic Columbus, Texas, where the town is located on the beautiful Colorado River. And Columbus is one of the oldest surveyed and planted Anglo-American towns in Texas. And for those of you who didn't know, it's on the site of the legendary Indian village of Montezuma. And historians say that members of Stephen F. Austin's old 300 began arriving out here in the area way back in 1821. And so with that... Good evening, Sister and Evangelist Montel Fields. I am Brian Fouts. And I am Lisa Stevens. And this evening we are honored once again and excited to be back here on Reaching Out Radio, where we are reaching out to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. And for those of you in the listening area, we are with Hazak Ministries. And our ministry was actually started with the vision to bring a message of hope, healing, and encouragement to those who are hurting and who are lost and who are hopeless. Now, for those who do not know, the word hazak is a Hebrew word. It means to make or be strong, to strengthen, to sustain, to support, and to encourage that you, our listeners, will be encouraged with our message this evening. And if you've missed our previous radio programs, you can always go to Reaching Out Radio at www.blogtalkradio.com. That address again is www.blogtalkradio.com. And just type in Brian and Leah Fouts, and there you can find all of our previous shows and you can listen to them free on demand. Before we start, let's open the program with a word of prayer. Father, we pray for protection for Montel and for Reaching Out Radio, and we pray against any technical difficulties, against any demonic powers in the airways, and we'd like to pray for those in the listening audience. We pray for open hearts, and change lives this evening in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Oh, amen, and I love that. And we've got a great show in store for you guys tonight. And this evening, we're going to share four things that are going to help you with your walk. And with that, let's kind of get started. Now, with everything that has been happening this past month, I still find that I'm just in love with living in the country and where I can see the beautiful Colorado River out here. And the people who live here have been very kind and have been very supportive with the passing of Pastor Leah this past January. And this town is very, very peaceful. And I still get to enjoy the country roads out here. And I'm always amazed by God's unique handiwork out here with the landscape of this earth. And I'm reminded of his promise to everyone about who he is and that there would be no mistakes. This is from Romans chapter 1, verse 20 in the New American Standard Bible. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes and his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been been made, so that they are without excuse. 
So tonight, our first study, we will be talking about trusting and what it means to trust. So go ahead and grab, grab your pad, go to your computer or your phone, and be prepared for some great ideas to help you and your future. And you know, this past month, there have just literally been lots of changes. That's true, Brian. We have all been going through very difficult times this year, and there have been a lot of changes. You know, and it just seems like the other day, I found myself. You did? Were you lost, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) No, Lisa, I was not lost. But I was walking out here on the river, not on the river, like Jesus would walk, but I was actually walking out here next to the river out here at Beeson Park. That must have been a very nice walk for you. I miss walking in the countryside living in Houston. Well, you know, so back to our topic. So anyway, as I was walking, suddenly this word kept flashing away in my head. You mean like that flashing light bulb above your head? (laughs) (laughs) Well, sort of. You see, with every step that I took, this word seemed to keep getting bigger and bigger, and it was like, trust, trust, trust. Today. You did, so what did you find? Well, this is from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And I'm reading this in the New American Standard Bible. And here it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You know, that was really awesome. I really liked that. So, you know, so what in the world is the big deal about trust? And then why do you think it is so important? Well, Brian, thinking about the word trust, I decided to check it out in the Webster's Dictionary online and found that trust means a belief that someone or something is reliable, good, honest, and effective, an arrangement in which someone's... Yeah, isn't that cool? An arrangement in which someone's property or money is legally held or managed by someone else or by an organization, such as a bank, for usually a set period of time. An organization that results from the creation of a trust and assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something, and one in which confidence is placed. Wow. Now, I did not know that about that, and especially number four really leaped in my spirit, trusting in someone who I can rely on and that has character and a great ability and who is strong. That one too, Brian. Did you find what the word trust means in Hebrew? Well, yeah, you know me. That word in tree, that word up in tree, in Hebrew, is the word kaka, but it's actually pronounced hasa. 
and it actually means to seek refuge, to flee for protection, and to put trust in God, or to confide or to hope in God. Oh, that's wonderful, Brian. I found another great verse that reminds us of who we should trust. This is from Psalm 18.2 in the Amplified Bible. And here it is. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my keen and firm strength in whom I will trust and take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. Isn't God wonderful, Brian? It is my high tower. You know, and here's a thought for you listeners out there. We are going and growing through life, you know, and we're trying to do the best that we can, and we're trying to plan out everything. And, you know, we all want the best for our lives and for our families and for our children. I know that's so true. Uh, We all feel that way. But you might ask yourself, can we do this all on our own? Well, you know, sure you can. But you're going to mess up along the way, and you're going to end up hitting some roadblocks. And guess what? You're going to have some drama and some pitfalls, and you're actually going to make some really bad decisions. And some of your listeners may be asking, Can't we find a way to ease the burden of this learning process? We sure don't want to go around that mountain a second time. (laughs) That is a great question, Lisa. Also, wouldn't you like to have someone there to help you, guide you, and to assist you along the way? I sure do. Yeah, that is really good. And to help pick you up when you're down and out and to motivate you, and to also to help you to be the best that you can be. And yes, there is someone who you can trust. Well, Brian, that's a great answer to those questions. I'm reading from Psalms 5, 11 in the Amplified Bible. But let all those who take refuge and put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever sing and shout for joy because you make a covering over them and defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you and be high in spirits. Brian, you know that someone out there is going to ask this. Well, what are they going to ask? Can't I do this myself? (laughs) That's a a great (laughs) question. And you know, can't I just trust me? And that's also good. Plus, I'm really smart and determined, and I can do almost anything I put my mind to. (laughs) Yes, we can all be that smart, and we can all be that determined. Sure. So here's the question. Since I do not need any help, why should I need to trust God? Well, all good questions, and yes, you can do that. But here's something to ponder on. People can fail you, 
And yes, that includes your spouse, that includes your friends, that includes your family. And your health can even fail you. And that your health can mentally and or physically fail you. And guess what? Your investment can actually fail you. And without faith, you may falter and you may doubt and fear may creep into your life. So true, Brian. Here's also something important. This is from Hebrews 11.6 in the New International Version. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who are earnestly seeking him. And, you know, here's also a great reminder for the agents. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust can destroy and where thieves can break in and that they can steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And that's from Matthew 6 verses 19 through 21. Some of you out there may say, okay, but I think I can still do this on my own. And besides, I, don't, I don't, do not have to worry about any of this. You know, I'm pretty smart and I can control this. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of us are controlling freaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that true? You know, and that's true, and you probably think, yes, that you can. But think about this. And this is from Matthew 6, verse 21 in the New King James Version. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. And you cannot serve God, and you cannot serve mammon. And here's another great scripture passage that talks about trust. This is from Psalms 27 in the New International Version. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Isn't that true? And thank you. That was very, very great. So listeners, who do you trust? And where do you put your trust. Hmm. Now that was a really wonderful study, Lisa, for this for this evening. And you know, it always amazes me that when I'm walking around out here in the area, that things always seem to change up. I know you always tell me that you really like to take those walks around the area where you live. And yes, folks, he takes walks all hours of the day. <laughs> I know, as I'm always trying to track him down. (laughs) Maybe I need to attach a low jack to you, Brian. You just might have to. Like, where's Brian? Where's Brian? Kind of like that old, where's Waldo? (laughs) And I also know that you love taking walks through the early hours of the morning. Guilty, 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 guilty. 
And, you know, sometimes when the moon is full, it's really awesome out here in the country. So, anyway, there I was. I was walking around in the area when suddenly this word flashed through my mind. Debate, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that was funny, Lisa. Go, Go back to bed. But, no, actually, the word was best. That's different. Well, yes, it was. And and when I spoke that word best out loud, I felt a jump in my spirit. And I asked myself, what is it about this word best that resonates so deep inside of me? So what did you do? Well, I really wanted to go back to bed, but <laughs> but anyway, after my walk, I walked back inside and I turned on my computer and I started to write my thoughts down. You know, I went to the Webster's Dictionary online and looked up the word best. Here's what I Ah. find it means. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I'm always looking up those words. So here is the dictionary version of the word best. Better than all others in quality or value most skillful, talented, or successful, most appropriate, useful, or helpful, and it means superior. Ah, I think I like number four, superior. (laughs) That really kind of sounds cool to me. (laughs) And I also find a great scripture verse. This is from Genesis 45, 18 from the Amplified Bible. And get your father, and your households, and come to me, and I will give you the best in the land of Egypt, and you will live on the fat of the land. Ah, now, this same word best in the Hebrew is the word halev, and this actually is pronounced halev, and it actually means fat, or the choicest, or the best, or the best part, or Abundance. Now, that's a really great passage using the same word, Brian. And it's from 1 Kings 10:18 in the King James Version. Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with the best gold. We all love gold. Oh, yes, we do. And here is the word used as a verb, and that word is pizzazz. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of gold, pizzazz. (laughs) You know, isn't that great? It is. Sounds like we're doing the jazz number, pizzazz. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm getting off track here, Brian. Now, the same word best, or pizzazz, jazz hands, means to refine or be refined. Well, that's pretty cool. So simply stated, it's the best gold. It's the best refined gold. And you know, Ah. that is a great analogy. So here's something to think about. In the English language, we have a word that sounds similar to pizzazz, and that word is Pizzazz. You don't need pizza? 
Yes. Okay, yes, I'm sorry, yes. bro. Going <laughs> on topic <laughs> as as it is. Uh, let's take a look at what it means. A quality or style that is exciting and interesting. That same, that same quality of being attractive and exciting has glamour and vitality. Well, Lisa, now that was pretty cool. It sure is cool. These two words that sound the same in two different languages and have really wonderful meanings. Ah. So here's a great motivating thought for the day. In our daily walk, we should be exciting and glamorous. And we should have vitality and we should it should be the best that we can be. So why is that important? Well, let's see what the psalmist has to say in say verse thirty four nine. Well let me check it out for you. So listeners, this is from Psalms thirty four nine from the Message Bible. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. Again, that's Psalms 34.9 from the Message Bible. Oh, that's really neat. Okay. So then what does this really mean to us? Not only should we strive to be the best that we can be, but we should strive to do the best that we can for not only ourselves and for our family, but for God. Yes, I agree, Vaughn. It's always good to strive for excellence in every area of our life. So I was checking out Acts 24:16 from the New American Standard Bible, and here's what it says. In view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and before men. Ah, so brothers and sisters, this means that we are to be exciting, that we're to be glamorous, and we should have vitality and a passionate purpose to be the best that we can be. That's true, Brian. So here is a great passage from Psalms 29:12, again from the Message Bible. This is how we should respond to the challenge of being best. Bravo, God, bravo. God and all angels shout and call in all before the glory, in all before God's visible power. Stand at attention. Dress your best to honor him. That sounds like I'm on the stage, Brian. (laughs) Well, you know, this is really awesome, and this should inspire us to excel in being the best that we can be. And remember to be hazak. That means to be strong in your daily walk. And speaking of strong, this past week I was sitting on the front steps out here. You have shared with me that you do that a lot now since he has passed away. Well, yes, I do, and the air was cool, and it was just right outside, and I was just preparing for our next monthly newsletter, which didn't happen. 
<laughs> and so I took a break. Lap intervened. <laughs> yeah. And so I just spent some time reading from my Bible. So what were you reading, Brian? Well, I was reading back in the book of Ephesians in chapter 6. And over there it was talking about being prepared and dressed for battle. And then this word jumped up from the pages of Scripture. And what word jumped out at you? <laughs> well, it was the word armor. Is that your word for today, Brian? Yep. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about armor. In fact, it's time for us to armor up. This sure is going to be a great topic for our listeners tonight. You bet it is. So grab your pen and pencil and your paper and get ready to learn some really great tips for your walk-in life. Oh, grab your computer, pad, and iPhone. And be prepared for some great ideas to help you and your future. You bet. So today, at this point, we're going to start talking about some things that you might want to consider. I know that this will be helpful to many people out in our listening audience today. You bet it will be. So let's get started. Well, you know, if you think about it, everything that you are doing, your career, your business, your extra work, your home and your family, you know, they can all be overwhelming. I know. Life sure is overwhelming these days. It sure is. And then just seeing everything that goes on in the world, it can really stress you out. Am I right? And yes, it's just crazy. I know you're so right. And yes, I already said this, but yes, it's crazy. <laughs> you're not saying you're crazy, but life is crazy. It is. So here's something. What's that, Brian? We can have hope. And if we think about it, where does that hope come from? Oh, I love this part. It's one of my favorites. And that is, our hope comes from the Lord. That's right, Lisa. And here is a great reminder of that promise. So I'm reading this from Psalms 12, 1 through 2 in the New International Version. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my hope come from? My hope comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I love that. Oh, that's just really awesome. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That is just awesome. So, folks, take heart, for today is the day, and it is time for you to armor up. That's so true. I love that word, armor. We have to do that daily. We do. And so where does that word really come from? And what does it mean, Lisa? Again, I went to the online dictionary that defines that word as a defensive covering, as of metal, wood, or leather, 
worn to protect the body against weapons. A tough protective covering, such as the bony scales covering certain animals or the metallic plates on tanks or warships. A safeguard or protection. Faith, the protection of God. Now these were great definitions, but I went and looked this up in the Strong's Concordance and found this little diamond of truth. Ah, now that little word armor in the Greek is the word panoplia, and it means full armor and the complete armor. And this armor includes the shield. It includes the sword, the lance, the helmet, and the greaves. And these are, the greaves are to protect your shins and the breastplate. And why should we do this? Well, it says in Ephesians 6.11 from the New American Standard Bible, we are given instructions on how we should dress and be prepared. It reads like this, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. That's Ephesians 6.11. Isn't that great? Oh, I love that. You know, but there's even more to this. And here's something really cool. In the John MacArthur Bible, in his study Bible, he shared this. He said, put on conveys the idea of permanence, indicating that armor should be the Christian's most sustained long-term attire. So then, what are we to do? And how are we to handle ourselves? So when you are fighting the enemy, here are some basic basic truths for you to hold on to. It may seem long, but it is full, full of truth. So now we are reading from Ephesians 6, 11 through 20 from the New International Version. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Yes. Stand firm, then, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can Extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So here's something to ponder on. I found this little gem while surfing on the internet one day. Where do we get that strength that we need? This is a quote from John MacArthur. Our own strength is never enough to oppose Satan. But when we are strong in the Lord, even a little of his strength is sufficient 
to win any battle. And so a true soldier is always one prepared and ready to fight. Think of it as a Marine. I heard someone say that those who are out of the Marine Corps are former Marines. I asked my good friend Andy Valadez, who's a Marine, about this, and his response was short and to the point, and he proudly replied, there are no former Marines. They are always a Marine. I love Andy. He's a wonderful friend in Christ, and I love that line of his. And as Christians, we must always be dressed for battle and ready to hold our positions, not as former Christians, but as one of God's special forces in the enemy of God. Didn't you find a great passage on the Internet this week about being in God's army, Brian? Oh, yes, I did. And I pray that this will inspire you and motivate you to the best that you can be in all things. And this was called the Soldier of God, G.I., God Incarnate. It says that I'm a soldier in the army of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Scripture is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. And I've been taught by the Holy Spirit and trained by experience and tried by adversity and tested by fire. So listeners, when you get up and get going this week, remember, dig down deep because it's time to armor up. So listeners, you may be blessed as you refresh and you walk in your steps. And remember, Lisa and I want you to be Hazak, and we want you to be strong in your walk. So, folks, we're going to take just a short little break here to sit back and enjoy some really nice music. And this is one of Brian's original songs, so enjoy. Okay, let me see if I can get this thing up and running.
spacesuits all yours. Hi, welcome back, listeners. Let's continue with the last part of our study this evening. Ah, okay. I can stop the music. <laughs> so I guess it's time for us to march on. That word march means to advance, move on, to progress, to pan. Ah, to pan. In the Hebrew, that word march is the sod, and it's pronounced sa'ad, actually, and it means to step. It means to march. It means to stride, or actually means to cause one to march. I found this great passage about marching. This is from Psalm 68, 7 through 8 in the New American Standard Bible. And here it says, O God, when you went forth before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, Stella, the earth quaked, the heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself quaked at the presence of God. The Lord of Israel. Oh, that's really cool. So, you know, during our studies, we have talked about our visions and our plans and about our calling. Yes, true. And sometimes we all get bogged down. Oh, I'm afraid that we do. And then, guess what? We get distracted and then we get detracted from our calling and from that purpose. Brian, is there an answer for that for our listeners tonight? Well, yes. One of them is is that we have to learn to stay on course. But what about our baggage and the garbage all in our way around that winding (laughs) road? (laughs) Well, we have to kick the dirt and the dust out of the way as well as the debris out of our way. And we literally have to march forward to complete our vision and our calling. But why are you saying march, Brian? Can't we just get up and go? Well, yes, you can. But how are you going to get up and go? Are you just going to kind of walk slowly? Well, this would be a casual walk. (laughs) Or wait, or do you kind of skip down the road playfully? (laughs) Not my style. (laughs) Do you think some of these examples will get us to where we want to go? I just don't think so. So, again, I ask, why march? Well, learning to march is like learning to drill. Mm, like a drill team or sergeant, a drill sergeant or band? Yes, it's just like the band in high school, and of course it's just like in the military. Why do we have to drill, as they say? Well, oops, I moved something here. I shouldn't have moved. Well, that's a great question, and you see there is time to practice and there's time to drill and there is exercise and resuscitation. Ah, 
And think about this, that when you do all of these things that we just mentioned, you will practice and... Oh, I know this one. Pick me, pick me. I know this one. Which practice makes perfect. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Practice makes perfect. And I'd like to read an article on the history of drill written by Vixen Crabtree, who is from the U.K., Lord, I would not name my child Fix and Crabtree. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but this should be interesting. <laughs> well, he shared the following. Not everyone has the control over their bodies that athletes have. Strain, stress, laziness, inability, mental weakness, and dismilitarily prevent most people from having maximum control over their own bodies. So when situations become stressful, cold, or uncomfortable, then people who have been trained to rigidly form their bodies around their will will undoubtedly perform better than those people who only mind and body training have been computer games, and casual sport. You see, once the drill is internalized and your body is accustomed to the discipline, it becomes more like a relaxing meditation than hard work, and your mind can wonder. Interesting, retrospectively, it feels to some like they no longer find it hard. It is hard, but they have had become accustomed to the hardness. Wow, that was powerful, Bon. So once that you've been trained in your body and your mind to march or the daily drill, you can learn to relax and enjoy the march so that marching to the song that gets you going every day. I love marching songs like the battle cry of freedom. That's right, and here's something really neat. You can march through the quiet days and enjoy the scenery, and then you can march through the roughest storms but always staying focused and completing the march. So, Brian, what else can we share with our listeners about marching? Well, you see, as you learn to march, you will learn to lean on his strength, and you will learn to fly like an eagle. And please tell our listeners why. Well, because during the time that you have been training, you will find new strength in your body and in your mind and in your character. Well, I have a great verse to share. This is from Isaiah 40, 31, from the New American Standard Bible. And here it goes. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Isn't that awesome? It is. And listeners, we all march to a different beat and a different drum and song. But through time and with drill and with perseverance, we too can all learn to march on. Well, Brian, this sure has been an encouraging study to share tonight. 
You bet it has. And so, listeners, we want to thank you for tuning in this evening. And with that, I'm Brian Fouts. And I'm Lisa Stevens. And we are with Hazak Ministries, an encouragement ministry out here by the Colorado River here in Columbus, Texas. And listeners, just a reminder, Brian and Leah have written a couple of books about their journey and how they got into ministry. Their first book is called From Misery to Ministry, A Walk of Faith to the Loss of a Loved One. It is a wonderful book that brings hope, healing, and encouragement to those who have lost a loved one. And it's easy to read, and it will make an impact in your life. And the book is available through our website, and we have a second book. And that book is called Steps of Faith. And Steps of Faith is an exciting adventure into learning to be led by the Holy Spirit. These encounters would become the stepping stones for their very own steps of faith, learning to trust him in all things and for all things. And we also have a third book. You sure do, and it's called Walking Through Grief, A Journey of Peace. And this is a great book with lots of resources and stories to help you through the grief process of healing. We also want to bless you with a message of encouragement this evening. And pray that these books will help you to be open, willing, and obedient to the Lord. And we hope that these divine encounters will assist you in learning to take your very own steps of faith. You can learn more on how to order these books by visiting our website at www. HazakMinistries.com. That website address again is www.HazakMinistries.com. And if you would like for me to come and speak at your church or to your men's group or to one of your special events, please contact us at 832-878-8043. That number again is 832-878-8043. And you can always reach us out here on our handy-dandy landline out here at 979-500-4256. And that phone number again is 979-500-4256. And just a reminder, this would be a great time to write down all of the things that you are thankful for and share them with your loved ones and others. It is, and I am very thankful that Jesus saved me and that I can serve him doing the work for the kingdom. We also, Lisa and I also want to thank you, the listeners of Reaching Out Radio, for tuning in this evening. It is an honor to be a featured guest out here with Evangelist Montel Fields on Reaching Out Radio where we are reaching out to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. And again, if you would like to uh, help us in any way with anything with our ministry, you can always send a donation to Hazak Ministries uh, to 1410 Rampart Street in Columbus, Texas, uh, 78934. Again, 
That's Hazak Ministries, 1410 Rampart Street, Columbus, Texas, 78934. And again, Lisa and I want to thank you for being part of our ministry. And if you need any prayer, please feel free to contact us anytime. And again, thank you. And remember to be strong and to be Hazak. And Lisa and I thank you for tuning in this evening. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing and sharing with you next month. Good night. Good night, people. Good night.